y'all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Connor Morganti, and I'm devoted to bringing you the best of all things money each and every week. Do you listen to other financial experts' advice and think, that just doesn't make any sense? And there has to be something different or maybe even better. Does your money situation keep you up at night? When you balance your checkbook or look at your 401k statement, do the words frustrating, overwhelming, intimidating, and challenging come to mind? Maybe you're a good little saver and pay all your bills, but want to know how to get to the next money level. Do you wonder why the rich keep getting richer? Join me each week to get your free money coaching, all while keeping the conversation real with straight talk and a little bit of humor. Because let's face it, I'm hilarious. If you've been searching for a helpful and heartfelt virtual learning opportunity without judgment, well, sister friend, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Southern Fried Business Podcast. Hey, y'all, I'm back with another episode on money and your life. Uh, still dealing with the coronavirus in this crazy time of life. Um, but I think today we're going to talk about something that isn't, I think, very important, uh, especially right now in your, um, potentially in your life. And it is uh, your work insurance sucks and what you can do about it. So what do I mean by that? Um, Well, I just love, love, love when I'm meeting with a new client and they tell me that they don't need any life insurance or they don't need to review any coverages or anything like that because they are fully covered through their work. Well, right now, um, (laughs) that might not be so hot because what if you are laid off? What if you lost your job? Um, All those things are relevant at the moment and could affect that wonderful work coverage that you thought was just perfect for you. So let me give you a little spoiler alert. I love me some insurance as a savings and planning tool, but we'll come back to that in a minute. But here's another spoiler. If you only have life insurance coverage through your employee benefits plan, you're not cutting it. So why? Why would I say that? Um, So first of all, benefits through work are typically not portable. That means that if you leave or are fired or laid off or what have you, your coverages are no longer there. They are no longer there. Um, The life insurance piece of that puzzle is not covered under your COBRA plan. COBRA stands for, uh, here's a mouthful, say it three times, Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act. Anyway, (laughs) most of us are familiar with COBRA and know what COBRA is. It's a continuation of your health benefits after you leave a job, but they're only temporary. They only last for so long. Uh, And they are only for health benefits. They're not for life insurance benefits. They're not for disability coverages uh, or any of that jazz. So the best plan is to have your own individual coverage outside of the workplace. Uh, In my line of work, financial, uh, in the financial industry, that means you have, we, we call that a wrap. So if you have, uh, let's say, long-term disability coverage through your employee benefits plan, 
what we will do is we would wrap an individual plan around your work benefits. So we're not duplicating or over covering uh, you in that instance, but we're just making sure that we have made up for any deficiencies. And then if for some reason um, you no longer work at that place and don't have that coverage, you at least have something, right? So the second thing is your life coverage through your benefits plan is probably underwhelming at best. Obviously, it depends on your company and the generosity of management. Um, So for example, I have a local 401k client here in the Denver area. They employ around a thousand people. Their built-in life insurance benefit is $20,000, and it's provided to each employee at no cost to that employee. Now, they can go in and they can purchase additional life insurance through the plan, uh, and it's very inexpensive, so it could be a good option, especially if you have um, health issues. Uh, If the plan is big enough, meaning if there's enough employees in the plan, registered in the plan, you could potentially get additional life coverage with little to no underwriting. So they're not going to take your health coverage in consideration or your health uh, situation in consideration when writing that coverage. So that's a good little tip if you have significant health issues and you wouldn't get insurance on your own um, because of your health issues, look through additional purchases through your work. Now, because it's through work, even though you pay it yourself, it's considered an individual policy, typically that coverage is no longer portable either if you leave. Even though you paid it yourself and you got it on your own through the company, it still would leave if you left. So um, let's see, back on track. Um, I have an individual client, another little case study I'll share with you, that works for a large nationwide company. And under their benefit plan, each management employee receives, uh, I think it's around $250,000 of life coverage, plus what's called an AD&D rider. Now, AD&D stands for Accidental Death and Dismemberment. Sounds a little gross, but it's aimed to cover unusual or unexpected accidents. So in this instance, uh, the client's regular face amount through the company is 250. But if he were to be killed, let's say in a car accident or die of cancer, then his face amount um, would be 500. So it would double. Um, AD&D, I look at it almost like if it comes with your plan, great. It's a, it's a great option to have, but it's almost like the warranty on your TV, right? They don't always pan out. I mean, you might have those little exceptions where that extra coverage does work out uh, on your electronics, but typically it's just a waste of money. So if an AD&D rider is an extra uh, benefit that you can add on and an extra expense, I mean, it's totally up to you. I can't make a recommendation to do it for sure or not to do it for sure. But I would really um, examine your heart about that because it doesn't always um, pay out. It's it's kind of a fluke thing. So let me, let's circle back to the 250. So if you're thinking that 250,000 as a death benefit, right? Sounds like a lot of money. Let me... <laughs> Let me burst your bubble. So if you make 
$25,000 a year. That is your annual income. You can only stay dead for 10 years. <laughs> so, and what I mean by that, if you have a family that will only let them live on a poverty level for 10 years. I don't know if that's how you want to leave your family, but okay. Um, but okay, let's let's take it up a notch. Let's say you make 75,000 per year. Well, then you can only stay dead with that 250 for a little over three years. And if you make $100,000 per year, you can only stay dead for two and a half years. So my point being with that little exercise, $250,000 of life insurance for your family is not a lot of money because whether or not they choose to pay off the mortgage, send their kids to college, um, or whatever your kind of forward thinking is, if you weren't here or the breadwinner in your house isn't around, $250,000 will not last long. That is the ultimate bottom line. It won't last long. So that money is going to be used up very quickly. And I'm not even counting a healthy shoe budget, right? I love some shoes and I've had to build that into my husband's uh, insurance plan for me. So if something were to happen to him, I'd have enough to support myself, my daughter, do all the things we want to do, live the life we want to live and be able to um, buy shoes on a consistent basis. <laughs> but let me share a funny story with you. If you didn't already know, my husband was a Navy SEAL for many years. I was called on by many of his work peers to help them with financial planning, including life insurance. So at one family's dining table, we were discussing purchasing an additional $500,000 of insurance to go with his Navy-provided coverage. So at that time, um, we're now considered the old guys, by the way, but at the time, the military was providing $250,000 of life insurance coverage to all their enlisted personnel. So if my math is correct, and if he listened to me, he would have had a total of $750,000 of coverage in a worst case scenario. Also at that time, SEALs made more than your typical enlisted person. Um, my husband, he made at that time around $75,000 per year. Uh, and that was due to not only their rank and their... Um, I forget what it's called now, but it was like their job. Even if they didn't do their technical job in the military, you always have a, a, a job listed on your paperwork. And then, but on top of that, based on different trainings that he did, um, that will include uh, travel pay, hazard pay, because he was typically going at places that uh, most people wouldn't really want to go to. <laughs> so that bumped him up to about 75000 per year. Um, so this particular gentleman that I'm talking about, hopefully they're not listening because <laughs> I'm about to throw him under the bus, but, um, he would have provided for his family for at least 10 years. So that is in no means perfect, but it was better than just that 250. And at the time his wife didn't work, you know, she was busy at home, um, raising their two little boys and she, you know, you, you had to stay home. If your husband travels, I think one year, my husband was gone for 290 days out of the entire year. Now we didn't have little kids at that time, but if you did, you, you couldn't work hardly unless they were already in school. So you had to stay home. So it was very limiting. Um, so 
Now, I just want to add a little caveat that if, you know, military guys are killed on the job, right, they would receive a pension amount that would go to their spouse as part of the benefit. So I'm not including that small pension amount that um, this lady would have received. I'm just talking about life insurance. So now, (laughs) now is where I'm about to throw him under the bus. You're not going to believe what he told me. Um, so keep in mind that this simple insurance was less than 500 per year, right? So it was a very simple, straightforward term policy, very inexpensive. And he told me, and I quote, I don't want to make my wife's second husband rich. And I tell you what, so number one, (laughs) his idea of rich and my idea of rich are two completely different things. Number one. And number two, I swear to God, I wanted to punch him in the face and I was, I was on my best behavior. So I didn't, but I won't even tell you exactly what I told him, but I just said, so you're okay. Basically your wife marrying any tool that comes along that might have a good job or some money in an effort to support her and her kids. I mean, and your kids, gentlemen, sir. (laughs) So, I mean, why would you want to force your wife into, you're not, you're forcing her into marrying somebody that maybe she wouldn't be interested otherwise, you know? I don't know. I mean, that's obviously a worst case scenario and I'm inflating the situation. But life insurance provides your beneficiaries with options. You're not making a second husband rich. You're not making your family rich. You're not, you know, no, it doesn't work like that, but you're providing them with comfortableness and with options. But anyway, um, I did want to jump over that table and just throttle him, but I didn't. Um, so, (laughs) I just used a lot of curse words. We'll just say that. But anyway, back to our task. So what should you do, right? So what should you do? So if all you have is your work insurance and you are now convinced that you need to explore beyond those benefits, what should you do? So I would definitely register for any free benefits that you qualify through work. Absolutely no question because they are benefits and most of them are either free or very inexpensive. So remember that company I mentioned above, the company that offers the $20,000 of free life insurance. It is free, but in this instance, you still have to register for it. So if you miss that registration when you're eligible, you'll have to wait until your next open enrollment date because it was still under that health benefits plan. So make sure you pay attention, pay attention to the rules, the caveats, um, read, don't just take it like most of us do and throw the benefits book in the, in the drawer, or if you get it online, just save it on your computer, just at least skim it because you might miss some important information that you will kick yourself later about. So another tip Depends on your state. Some auto insurance companies uh, either offer or include some life insurance coverage in your car policy, in your auto policy. So it varies by company, but it also varies by state. So give your agent a call, ask them if that your state qualifies for that, and then just see what options you have. Because again, another way to grab some extra life coverage that could be very inexpensive. Then I would start shopping for some outside insurance. If you have a small monthly budget, I would definitely look at term. 
term is not my preference, but it is great when you need a pretty healthy death benefit or face amount, but only have a very limited budget. So if you have a healthier budget, though, you're a little further along in your work career, um, you have, I'm not saying just a ton of extra money to throw around, but you have a healthier budget then I would investigate whole life insurance. Now you can investigate that through me, obviously, but if you have somebody that you know, like, and trust that does insurance in your world, talk to them about it. Just get, they will trust me. (laughs) They will be happy to send you all the information you could possibly ever want about whole life insurance. Um, They are definitely more expensive, but if you are incorporating this into what I quote, your holistic financial plan, meaning it's not just stock market investments, you are putting a totally and completely thoughtful holistic plan together, this would be included in that. And then in my world, I would now qualify or classify that expense as savings dollars. It's not a bill anymore. Because with whole life insurance, you are receiving a portion of those premiums back in the form of cash value. So that now is classified as savings and not an expense. So, okay, sis, if you're still unsure of where to begin or you need some more information, just message me. Uh, I'm not going to send you a bunch of stuff you don't want, but I can send you the stuff that you do want. You can read up on it. I have some pretty friendly material that won't give you a migraine uh, because I want to help. Uh, And that's why I started this podcast. And I sound like a crazy person sometimes because I'm here for you and I can help you. So don't hesitate to utilize me as that resource. So until next time, my friends, uh, stay classy, right? Stay quarantined, uh, stay healthy, and I'll check in with you with the next episode. See you later, Gator. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the Southern Fried Business Podcast, where I help women gain the confidence they need to take control of their checkbooks and live the life they once envisioned for themselves. Join me next week for another timely info drop that will help you level up. Ladies, it's time to fund your life.